Zephaniah's Timeless Lessons for the 21st Century Church. A number of admonitions from this Old Testament prophet pointing to a a future calamity for a well-structured religious life that's completely absent, absent of the prophetic implications of the coming day of the Lord. Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program today. Zephaniah's three short chapters was a clear, timely word for Judah shortly before they were carried off into a 70-year captivity and banishment from the land. Zephaniah was the last prophet before the Babylonian invaders began a 20-year foray into the land. He prophesied about, about 630 B.C., some 24 years prior to the first wave when the temple was sacked and Daniel and some other of the young men of Israel were taken into captivity in Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar plundered Jerusalem and took some 10,000 captives, including Ezekiel in 597 BC, followed some 10 years later by the final invasion and destruction of Jerusalem in 586 B.C. The takeaway here is, for over 20 years, there was a clarion call, a clear, distinct call, plenty of warning of a calamity ahead. Listen to Zephaniah chapter 2, verse 1. Gather together, yes, gather, gather, O shameless nation, before the decree takes effect, before the day passes away like chaff, before There comes upon you the burning anger of the Lord before there comes upon you the day of the anger of the Lord. Clear warnings of a complete judgment over a 20-year period. How can you miss it? Clear warning from the prophet of a time when, when God would intervene in the affairs of a disobedient nation. To bring unusual revelation, safety, and abundance to the righteous faithful while simultaneously bringing judgment to the rebellious naysayers. That's extremely interesting. Wisdom and strategies for the righteous, but righteous judgment for the stiff-necked disobedient. A paradox of sort. For some, this was a terrible day, while for others, it was a great day. That paradox speaks, of course, speaks volumes in today's church, because God says in Amos 3, 7, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. I think of nothing as an all-inclusive word, because it includes nothing. When the Holy Spirit is making things abundantly clear, it's best to listen intently and, of course, respond. As throughout Scripture, the Holy, the Holy Spirit posts clear warning of a coming day of the Lord, a day with many implications. In the time of the prophets, it had a, a local catastrophic application, invasion of Israel by foreign powers, plagues, return from captivity. It's a day that has both a, a local and a global significance. The prophet's words often shifted from the context of something immediate, an immediate fulfillment, to a much future day, most often pointing to the culmination of the ages. As I've said so often before, it's a now, but not yet, something that's coming in the future. 
The point is the body of Christ cannot claim ignorance on these things. Zephaniah makes it clear in verse 3. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the land, who do his who do who do his just commands. Seek his righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you may be hidden on the day of the anger of the Lord. Church, that's the anger and punishment God inflicts on the unrighteous at the day of the Lord. We've clearly pointed to what God's justice looks like when he uses his enemies of an ancient hatred to invade Jerusalem, bring an abrupt end to temple sacrifice. A great apostasy gets underway as a a great tribulation ensues and cosmic and ecosystems break from restraint. These are events that are global in scope. Many of the descriptions use the language of Noah's day. There's a totality and intensity of destruction and earthly violence that causes even the planet to groan. Listen to the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the great creation itself will set free from the bondage of corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Listen, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Now, I know that may, that may sound a little convoluted, But here's the point. The point is that the terra firma God created in the garden is meant to be at peace, just as the redeemed righteous. God's desire is to bring the same freedom and relief to his creation, an eroding planet, ecological events, and cosmic disturbances as he does for the saints at his return on the day of the Lord. The millennium will look considerably different. Scripture describes a a renovation, an Eden of what God intended in the garden in the first place, all in the context of the rule and reign of Messiah with his saints and an Israel that will take its place of covenant at the head of the nations. What the church should well know by now is that a a well-structured 21st century religious life is going to be It'll be insufficient to make it to the day of the Lord, the day of God at the end of this age. Sufficient oil in our spiritual lamps is going to be absolutely necessary to navigate the global crisis ahead. Listen to uh, Zephaniah in chapter 1, verse 12. At that time, what time? At the day of the Lord, I, God, will search Jerusalem with lamps and I'll punish the men who are complacent, who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good nor will he do evil. Their goods shall be plundered, and their houses laid waste. Though they build houses, they shall not inhabit them. Though they plant vineyards, they shall not drink wine from them. The great day of the Lord is near, near and hastening fast. The sound of the day of the Lord is bitter. The mighty man cries aloud there. A day of wrath is that day a day of distress and anguish, a day of ruin and devastation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Zephaniah, by the Spirit, makes it clear the the dull heart, 
the, the, the religious community who navigate life as usual, men without a spiritual sense of season, a time when God, the God of Abraham and the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is bringing those who have a, a form of godliness but deny its power, who have never submitted to a relationship and his lordship. Listen, they'll come to a door of entrance to the kingdom that has been shut. In this day, in this hour, we need more than anything a history with God, an intimacy, a lovesick heart that pursues the Father's divine desire for his bride. Cramming is insufficient, just as it is for an exam, so it is for the day of his coming. We live in a transitional generation with an emotionally overloaded church, burdened by the cares of this world, and we're being enticed to embrace a, a growing popular counterfeit social justice system, a system that embraces demonically inspired value orientations. God's not coming with his plans and desires for humanity with a, with a built-in cultural bias. God's not an American. The Western world is prone to rights and my entitlements. Politically and socially well-equipped Americans ready to go to the wall to bring back a day that's clear is not coming back. We should be asking the Father, listen, what can you do, Father, with a Western man, with a Western education, a, a Western wallet at the end of this age? What can you do? What kind of an anointing can you give? What's my divine assignment? There's a theological shaking coming, again, from Zephaniah. Chapter 1, verse 7. Be silent before the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is near. The Lord has prepared a sacrifice, and he's consecrated his guests. In Zephaniah's day, the sacrifice was the guilty nation of Judah. The guests are the nations summoned to execute God's justice. In this day, the sacrifice will be the the complacent 21st century spiritually dry, lifeless church. The guests will be an evil political and religious system that will force the body of Christ to make some very dramatic decisions. Listen, America is a profoundly wicked nation. I hate to say that, but it's true. It's a wicked nation that's been it's been called to task for its actions. Judgment begins first in the house of God, just as the community of faith was in Zephaniah's day. Zephaniah chapter 3. Woe to her who is rebellious and defiled, the oppressing city. She listens to no voice. She accepts no correction. She does not trust in the Lord. She does not draw near to her God. Listen, her officials within her are roaring lions. Her judges are evening wolves that leave nothing till morning. Her prophets are fickle, treacherous men. Her priests profane what is holy. They do violence to the law. The Lord within her is righteous. He does no injustice. Every morning he shows forth his justice. Each dawn he does not fail. But the unjust know no shame. God balances perfect judgment with perfect mercy on the day of the Lord. Again, Zephaniah, boy, he had a a gathering of information. 
He says here, gather yourselves together. Yes, gather, O nation, without shame, before the decree even takes effect. The day passes like chaff before the burning anger of the Lord comes upon you. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the earth, who have carried out his ordinances. That's you intercessors. Seek righteousness. Seek humility. Perhaps you will be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. I believe that when the birth pains begin, you know those first three and a half years of Daniel's 70th week, the spiritually awakened church will be processing prophetic information. The Spirit is setting before us to to prepare for an intense labor contractions of the final three and a half years that precede the return of Christ and the beginning of a new age. Now is the time to develop that history with the Father, to know his heart, that he does not desire his church to walk in fear and ignorance of the day to come. God's justice is perfect, perfect in mercy, even to the rebellious. God offers a last-minute reprieve, while there's significant evidence from the Bible that many believers will suffer martyrdom, many also will be supernaturally delivered. Because you've set your love upon me, I will deliver you, God says. I will set you on high because you know my name. You shall call upon me and I will answer. Listen, all those words in Psalm 91 are set in the context of being in the secret place of the Most High, where you've made your dwelling place ahead of time. This is not a last minute thing. Reform will be insufficient. Even Jeremiah warned of that in Jeremiah 19.3. You shall say, hear the word of the Lord, O kings of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I'm bringing such disaster upon this place that the ears of everyone who hears of it will tingle. The judgments of God will awaken love in his church. Zephaniah says this they will have in return for their pride because, because they have taunted and become arrogant against the people of the Lord of hosts. The enemy's rage against Israel and the church. Zephaniah says the Lord will starve all the gods of the earth and be terrifying to them. You see, there's a, there's a purpose for the temporal judgments coming to the earth. Number one, they will separate the true from the false. No shades of gray. The church will say either yes or no. Number two, the pressures of the day will make us answer the primary, the, the real questions in life about money, necessities, even the legitimate pleasures of life. And thirdly, the temporal judgments will release vengeance and destruction on those who say no to step one. There's no room for a spirit of compromise. You know, one thing I hope here is that I'm, I'm delivering this word of the Lord while also pointing clearly to his tender mercies. The Father's heart is for his people. God's wrath is directed at his enemies. His love and tender mercies are for us no matter the occasion. Listen again to Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. The Lord your God in your midst, the Mighty One, will save. 
He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will will rejoice over you with singing. Listen to the Spirit here. I will gather those who sorrow over the appointed assembly who are among you, to whom its reproach is a burden. Listen, my friend, those are the tender mercies of our Heavenly Father. The day of the Lord is coming. It's a whisper now, but before long it's going to be a a loud shout. There's a time of a, a great harvest coming, and, of course, the temporal judgments that will affect all segments of civilization. There's a call to the forerunners of this generation, a people of understanding with a mantle of anointing who will have the the clear word of the Lord for the days ahead. Let's pray. Father, we ask you to raise up a generation of young prophets that you have commissioned to help make the path straight in what for many will be the, the most confusing times in history. May we, the church, the body of Christ, may we begin to see young men and women emerge with power and authority that will certainly get the attention of the powers of the air. May we be part of the corporate prayer gathering that supports them, intercedes for them, that your glory and protection will set a guard around them as you show them your salvation. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and God bless you.